I shared with you in the weeks previous, heaven doesn't have any needs. Heaven's a superabundance of everything. But earth is where there's brokenness and pain and dysfunction and addiction and everything else. So how does God, who is so full of love and kindness, his mercy and goodness pursue us all the days of our lives, right? So it's going to take the eons of eternity just for us to understand a glimpse of the mercy and kindness of God, Ephesians tells us. So how does God, who's so full of the goodness and kindness, all that he is, how does he connect with human beings who have incredible needs? He needs a delivery system. Who's the delivery system? Who's the special delivery agents? It's people. It's us. And so last week I shared with you, you know, you get this package that God wants to deliver, but there's no name on it and there's no address. And so you're going, all right, Lord, I'm available. I got this gift that you've given me of life. How do I connect what you've given me with people that have a need. And I share with you some things we talked about. We talked about, about how to discern the voice of the Holy Spirit. Let me just ask you this question. Now that you're a Christian, can you think of any skill that's more valuable to a successful Christian life than to know how to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and to know what God wants? I mean, can we just pause right here? What's more important than knowing the heart of God for your life when you belong to him and you've surrendered your life to him. What, what skill could be more valuable than learning to discern his voice? I can't think of any. And so we talked about nudges, these impressions that drop into our spirit from nowhere. In other words, they're unexpected, they're sudden. Where'd that come from? Well, when you walk with the Lord and you surrender to the Lord, those nudges come from him. We needed to learn how to discern them. We talked about cues. You need to discern what's going on around you. Open your eyes. Be aware of what people are saying, what people are doing. Be looking for ways you can be an agent of reconciliation. We talked about asking questions, right? To gather better information about what's going on in the person's life. We talked about promptings, which are, you know, in the, in the process of talking to somebody, the Holy Spirit dropping information into our hearts about what's going on in that person's situation. Just an impression of what's going on. And you begin to share that and bingo, you strike gold as God begins to connect you with that person's need. And lastly, we said when you get an alert going on in your heart, that alert means that you're freaking out because you're out of your comfort zone. And we need to press into the your flesh and realize on the other side, if you just continue to walk this out, God's going to do something amazing that's going to mark your life forever. And so we talked about Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch. We talked about Ananias and Saul and how both of these men were agents, delivery agents of the goodness and the kindness of God. Now, let me just, I'm going to, in the next couple of weeks, uh, we're going to get into some specific ways, some of the biggest needs that, that people have that God wants us to connect with. And I'm just going to ask you if this is not true. How many of you have ever had a massive financial need in your life where there was like pressure and you were feeling the pressure, right? All right. If I, if I were to ask you, the typical person on the street, what are the odds that they've ever experienced a financial challenge or financial fear or pressure? I bet it'd be pretty high. And uh, I know this for a fact. The number one cause or one of the top causes of divorce in, re, in marital relationships is financial pressure and stress. So how many of you think it might be the heart of God to use us to deliver something to somebody else in the terms of financial blessing that would come at the exact time and would scream, God loves you, God cares about you, God knows what's going on in your life. 
I think he liked to do that. And I, in fact, I want to say that the miracle of financial provision is probably one of the main ways God's going to get people's attention about his goodness and his kindness. And, and just as a reminder, you know, when you give your life to the Lord, I shared this before, but God's not after your money. It's much worse than that. He's after your entire life so that you realize you exist for him. And your money is all part of it, but your money is a minor part. He's really after you in your, in your entirety, all right? That's what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. And so turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 18. 1 Timothy 6, 18. It says, let them do good that they may be rich in good works. Let me just pause right here. How many of you know rich in good works does not require money? Every one of us in this room, regardless of our financial situation, we can be rich in doing good to other people. Just being kind, being servant, uh, caring, helping, whatever. All right? We can all be rich in good works. Can I get an amen from you on that one? But look what it says next. There's two key words I want you to, to circle. It says, ready to give, willing to share. Key word, ready and willing. Let me ask you this question. How does God transfer money from heaven to somebody on earth. Now, he's done some miracles. How many of you remember that story in the Bible with the fish that had the coin in his mouth, paid the temple tax? God can do crazy stuff like that. But don't you wish he'd just send an angel with giant wad of money? You're praying, Lord, I got this financial need. Gabriel shows up, pulls out a sack of cash, slaps it on the kitchen table. Thank you, Lord. That was amazing. How many of you ever had that happen? Okay, good. That I don't think there's too many that... Say that happened. But how many of you, how many of you have been walking around, all of a sudden you look down, there's a $100 bill, and you got a $100 need, and you go, wow, that was interesting. Uh, and you pick that up, and all of a sudden God uses it to bless somebody, uses it to bless you. I mean, we've seen this happen before, but generally speaking, money doesn't rain from heaven, and God doesn't send angels, and that's not how he works. How does he do it? Through people. Can I just say this? That's why I got you running around getting to know each other's names, and you're going, Pastor, why are you doing this every week? Here's why. Because the grace of God always comes through a person, which is why there's no lone rangers in the body of Christ. There's no people that say, ah, the church, they're all full of hypocrites. I'm just going to stay home and watch my favorite TV evangelist on TV. No, 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 no. I don't think the grace flows as well through television. I think it flows best through flesh and blood in person. I don't know about you. Anybody agree with me on that one? Flesh and blood in person. So the grace of God is going to be mediated to you through somebody else. So if people aren't obedient, guess what? The grace isn't flowing. God needs obedient people. Now, let me show you something else because this is kind of cool. All right. Um, turn with me to Proverbs 19, verse 17, or you can follow along with the screen. God's really trying to transform us from being consumers, check this out, into couriers, people that are on a delivery mission. Now, I had a child that saved up a whole bunch of money and was so excited for the UPS driver to show up because they saved up money for their own iPhone. I mean, you know, that's like a big deal when you get your own iPhone, and it's an expensive deal. When the person delivered the package, we noticed that the package was already opened. And when we opened the box fully to take the iPhone out, the iPhone was already gone. In other words, the courier, we think, became the consumer. They mistook the fact that the package was actually given to them to take somewhere and not to consume upon themselves. Now, how many of you know when this happens, we get 
like upset. Now, in this particular situation, it was one of my sons. And when you're a teenager and you're waiting for weeks for this phone to be delivered, and the courier became a consumer and they're now enjoying your iPhone, which had your name and your house and your address on the box and it's gone, how many of you know you're not so happy? Can I ask you a question? When God blesses you for the purpose of blessing someone else, but you eat the money? In other words, you mistook the fact that God wanted you to be a courier and not a consumer? That God was not trying to raise your standard of living, but he was trying to raise your standard of giving? See, we talk about prosperity here, but less people get the wrong idea. We talk about prosperity for the purpose of reconciliation. We talk about, if you're, if you're spending more than you bring in and you are under a mountain of debt, can I just tell you something? You can't be a courier yet because you're broke, which is why poverty is from the pit of hell because it stops the distribution system that God's trying to, to, to bring. Let me, let me show you another passage, all right? This passage I, I, I just sent you to. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 17. If you help the poor, and in the context of our sermon today, this, this is the person who has a need, all right? If you help this poor person who has a need, you are lending to the Lord, and he will repay you. Now, check this out. Lynn Churchill has a need. Larry is a courier in the kingdom of God. God hears Lynn's prayer. She says, Lord, I'm in a situation. I, I'm in a bind. I, I need this. I need this to change. I need this much money. I need a better job. I need whatever. Lord, help. How many of you know God heard her prayer? So how does God get the answer from heaven to Lynn? He's looking for someone that has their radar up. He's looking for someone that's a real disciple of Jesus. He's looking for someone who's not living for themselves. He's looking for someone that's saying, Lord, use me today, like we encouraged you to pray last week, right? How many of you have been starting to do that? I'm not going to look because I might be discouraged. But how many of you, you raise your hands and, and you're saying, Jesus, here's a new day. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the breath in my lungs. Thank you, Lord, I'm saved. Thank you, Lord, I'm available now. Send me on a mission. Yes, amen. And so God speaks to Larry. And it's that nudge that came from nowhere. Bless Lynn with such and such. How many of you know you're going, was that the devil? The devil's never seeking to tell you to bless somebody. Just I'm trying to help you out. It's your flesh trying to run from an assignment. Come again, Lord. Come again. It's like when my wife sent me on an assignment to get the chair, and I suffered temporary memory loss. Because <laughs> I know where the chair probably was because I put the chair away after football season. And I know it's a hundred and a zillion degrees in the attic. So I had temporary momentary memory loss. But the problem wasn't that I didn't hear. The problem was that I didn't want to hear. But Larry's going, yeah, Lord, use me. This is the most exciting life. So God speaks to Larry, and he says, Larry, I, I need you to take some of your money. Now, it's the Lord's money, but it's in Larry's pocket. Yeah. You all realize that, right? Yeah. I said, how, who, how much of your money belongs to the Lord? Hallelujah. Somebody say, 10%. No, all of it does. He wants you to live on 90%. But anyway, he speaks to Larry, and he says, Larry, go bless Lynn. And here's what the Lord says. I'll pay you back. 
How many of you know when God says, I'll pay you back, take that promise to the stinking bank? Because God's not a liar, and God doesn't have a memory problem like we do sometimes, right? It's a temporary lapse of consciousness or whatever. God doesn't do that. When God asks you to go on an assignment for him, you go with the backing of heaven and the full backing of his promises. And I want you to hear this. You take some of your money from your wallet or your purse, and you give it to somebody else in Jesus' name, and heaven says, paying you back. And how many, I want you to hear this. He never pays back to the dime. He always pays increase. Because it's his nature. The nature of God is to overflow. He's an overflowing fountain. God is so amazingly awesome in every way, God cannot contain himself. So God is this fountain that overflows continually, and he's trying to get us to trust him with that. God says, if you'll let me bring resources. So he said, you got this dryer in your house, and it's like, why do we have this dryer? We, don't, we just got a new dryer. This is a perfectly good dryer. Lord, what should we do with this dryer? Oh, give the dryer to Lynn. Hey, Lynn, do you need a dryer? Oh, my gosh, my dryer just went out. How did you? I'm picking on Lynn today. You might think she's in poverty, and you need a lot of help. <laughs> We're going to have her stand up here with an offering basket at the end of the service, and you guys can just bring offerings. No, she's, she's doing great. You're doing You need the dryer? I said the dryer. Yeah, but do you need a dryer? You don't need a dryer? Just checking. All right. So anyway, but how many you know when you call somebody and say, we got a dryer, and the person says, how did you know? And they said, the Lord laid you on my heart. What just happened there? Heaven connects with earth, and Lynn falls in love with Jesus even more, and the person who was obedient falls in love with Jesus even more, and heaven goes, woo! Now, let me give you an example. I love this. I got a text just uh, yesterday from one of you crazy people. I won't mention who. They were driving off to whatever, running an errand, and they drive by, and they look over, and they see a church parking lot, empty church parking lot, a man sitting on the curb with a motorcycle next to him, just, just sitting there. So he looks, he sees, he drives by, and the Holy Spirit drops a nudge. Go back and talk to that man. Go back and engage that man. Lord, was that you? <laughs> Second time. Go back and talk to that man. Praise the Lord. This brother is full of the joy of the Lord. He loves Jesus. He was an obedient servant. Turn around, drives back, pulls up to this guy in the parking lot. They start talking. Also, this was the funny part too. He offers him a cold drink. This was on that day when it was a gazillion degrees and I was disobedient, but this guy was obedient, all right? (laughs) He had gone through the drive-thru to get a drink. They messed up the order. They gave him two drinks. He says, would you like a cold drink? They sit down and they both share a cold drink on the curb. Ready for this? Turns out that the guy had just gotten out of prison. He used to be a Christian. He made some terrible decisions with his life. He's sitting on the curb trying to figure out who he is and where he's going and how to put it all back together. And a smiley-faced guy with a drink shows up and starts engaging him and starts loving on him. And you ready for this? It gets even better. He just happened to have two of those little all-inclusive portable communion cups. 
So they sit on the curb, drinking their drinks, reconciling this man back to Jesus, and then celebrating communion. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And that precious man is coming to third service with a... Now, now here's, here's what I want to ask you. Imagine that being that man on this hot day, and you're trying to figure out up from down and where you're going to go, and sitting in a church parking lot, because that was probably the last good time you ever experienced was when you were actually living right with the Lord. And you're crying out to God. Now, I want to ask this question. How many people today... How many people in this world are sitting on the proverbial curb saying, God, if you're real, I just, I need help. My life is a mess. My life is broken. I don't know where I'm going. I don't have hope. And what's the Lord? Does the Lord care about those people? But he's generally not going to send Gabriel down to do the business because he's got the church. And so what's he looking for? He's looking for people that will embrace what I'm preaching to you in this series, that will learn how to hear the voice of the Lord, and more importantly, who are ready and willing to make an answer to respond to God's heart. Can you imagine what happened when a total stranger shows up with a nice cold drink, and it ends with reconciliation and renewing the covenant that you made with the Lord? Let me just ask you this question. Will that man ever forget that moment? Never in your wildest dreams will he ever forget that moment because that moment left the imprint of the Father's heart. Here's what, here's what the Father said. I'm still here, and I still love you, and I forgive you, and I've been waiting for this moment. Now, let me ask you this question. Will the man who obeyed the Lord ever forget that moment? It leaves an indelible mark from heaven in his heart that he will never forget. And what it screams is this. I got an amazing daddy who sent me on a mission to restore one of his lost sons and to bring him back, one of his prodigals, and to bring him back. And let me just ask you this question. Do you think the next day that servant of the Lord is going to forget to say, Jesus, use me today. In fact, here's what will happen. Lord, please, please, pretty please, pretty please, send me on assignment today. Do you think his radar is going to be up? Oh, you better believe it. Because you know what? He would like to make a lifestyle out of what just happened. And can I just ask you a question? Do you think that person is going to be having a lot of fun in their relationship with the Lord? Do you think that person, you think that person's going to have a hard time worshiping today when that guy's right next to him experiencing getting rocked by the Lord? Come on. How many people today are looking for something real and have cried out, God, if you're, how many people have you ever God, if you're real? Yes. God, if you're real. Yes. And I just sense the Lord go, man, I'm looking for a church that will be engaged with my agenda. Because I, my heart is so big, and I'm wanting to release it through people whose heart can be so little, but the needs are so great. This is the invitation the Lord is calling us to. So 
I want to give you a practical solution because many of us are willing, but we're not ready, all right? We're willing, but we're not ready. What do we need to do to get ready so that when God speaks, we're, we're quick? Bruce Wilkinson, the author of the best-selling book, The Prayer of Jabez, some of you read that years ago. He's written a number of books that are wonderful. But he came up with this term called the God pocket, all right? The God pocket. If you want to be ready to give, you have to prepare to give which means you need to ask the Lord, Lord, what is it that you want me to set aside so that when you speak to me, I'm ready to give it? Does this make sense? So in your wallet, if you're ready to partner this week, all right, live on the edge, in your wallet or ladies in your purse, you need to designate money in a God place for a God purpose. In other words, you're anticipating God's going to connect your resources with somebody's need. All right? You're ready. It's in there. Now, let me give you an example. Bruce tells this amazing story. He's in South Africa. He's on a, getting ready to uh, travel to another country. He just transfers his currency into, uh, just transferred his currency into South African Rand. So he's got this big wad in his pocket that's going to cover all of his expenses for the ministry trip while he's in South Africa. He's out with his son. It's late at night. They have a craving for this amazing ice cream that's at a restaurant in town. They go out to get ice cream. And while they're getting ice cream, the waitress comes up and goes to take their order. We'd love to have some of that ice cream. She says, sorry, the kitchen's closed. He's like, oh, no, the kitchen's closed. Now, can you see what you can do? And she's like, I can get you some coffee, but the ice cream might not be able to do. She goes away to get, to, to get their order, and the Holy Spirit speaks to Bruce and says this, that money you just uh, exchanged, he's like, yeah, that big wad in my pocket is going to cover all of my ministry expenses. Yeah, that one. I want you to give it all to the waitress. Well, he's a veteran on this stuff, so he says, okay. So when she comes back out, they're talking to her and just being nice and kind, and he reaches in his pocket, and he gently puts that in her apron and says, hey, we just want you to know God loves you and cares for you, and we do too. She goes into the kitchen. She probably reaches in, pulls out this wad of money, and starts counting it. She just breaks down and starts weeping. She comes back out, tears running down her face. This is the first thing off of her lips. You people are Christians, aren't you? This was her prayer on the way into work. Single mom, behind on her rent, getting ready to be evicted. And when she counts the money, it perfectly pays for all the money that she owes on her rent. Now, this is a woman who just sat on the way in, crying out to God, God, help, God, help, God, help. I don't know what to do. And one person who was willing to do something radical and to say, check this out. God says, give my money. It's in your pocket, but I'm not on earth right now. I need you to do it. So give my money to that precious waitress. And when you lend to the poor... I will repay you. So you go, okay, here. Because you believe that God is not a liar. This is really important. You believe that God is not a liar. Pastor, when do I get repaid? I'm not sure what God's time schedule is on that. How do I get repaid? God's incredibly creative God. There's a myriad of answers to what that looks like. But will you get repaid? Yes, with interest. 
And how many of you know when you experience something like that at that moment, once again, will that woman ever forget the love of the Father? Absolutely not. Will Bruce ever forget that moment of making a radical, supernatural, miraculous transaction from heaven into that dear single mom? Will he ever forget that? Absolutely not. You see, Christianity is not boring. I'll say this again. I'm boring. I won't say that you're boring, but you're boring. Um, We're all boring. And the Lord's trying to invite us in the most exciting adventure possible if we'll simply partner with him. That's the good news. So here's what you have to do for your God pocket, all right? Five Ds to get ready. You got to decide the amount that you can give. And in closing here, I just want to ask you guys this question. How many will partner with me this week for a financial miracle in somebody else's life, all right? I mean, I'm serious. Like, you're going to look, you're going to be like, Lord, who? Okay, so here's what you need to do. You need to decide the amount that you can afford to give. Might be 20 bucks. Young people, you need to do this too. Whatever money you have. If it's five bucks, I don't care what it is, set it aside in your wallet, in your purse, set it aside. Second thing, you devote that money to God. So when you drive by the Dairy Queen and you're like, oh man, I'm thirsty or I want to get a milkshake. No, you don't use the God pocket because you, you dedicated that money to God. Or, or check this out. You set aside, maybe it's a significant amount of money you set it aside and your washer goes out and you're like, oh, well, I was going to put it in the God pocket, but it looks like I need that to go buy a washer. Don't you dare touch money that you just devoted to God. Because God knew your washer was going to go out. That didn't catch him by surprise. He can figure that one out too. Deposit the money into your God pocket. Determine, the fourth D, determine that you're going to respond when the Holy Spirit nudges you. Fifth thing, depend upon the Lord to lead you to when and where and to whom he wants his funds delivered. Remember what I just shared with you. This is not about money per se. It's about reaching a person's heart with the goodness and kindness of God and seeing them forever impacted. Now, all right, here's what I love about the Lord. He loves it when we take these principles and say, by the grace of God, we're going to do it. So here's what I'm going to pray over all of us this morning. Then we're going to welcome some new family members, that we would hear the nudges of heaven, that we would obey, and that you would touch somebody this week. Is it too hard to believe that we could, that out of seven days this coming week, as God would grant them to us, there's somebody God could use us to transfer some of his resources into their life to bless them? How many think that's possible, seven days? Especially if you're looking for it. You got your radar up, right? You're looking for cues, all right? But listen to the voice of the Lord and see who it is that you can touch, all right? Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask you, to flow through it. We're like, we're like bank tellers right now. I want you to picture yourself as a bank teller. There you are. People are coming up. Look, I need to withdraw some money. Great. Heaven sends the transfer. You're the bank teller. You're going to shift, uh, slip it right under the window there. You're going to put it in somebody's hand. It doesn't have to be money. It can be, t- it can be time. It can be something. It can be something in your house. It can be a cinnamon roll. Someone, someone needs to hear that right now and, and give that to your pastor. That's what you need. <laughs> Somebody, that's for you. Don't hey, don't push that thought off. I'm telling you, somebody needs to grab a hold of that right now. But Lord, we're going to have fun with you this week. And we're going to believe you that we could actually be a blessing to a lot of people. God, give us our own stories and help us not to be so busy with ourselves and our own agendas, Lord, 
that we miss out on the cries of people all around just waiting for heaven to show up and to touch them. So thank you, Lord, for a great congregation of special delivery agents. Now equip us, Lord, and use us this week in Jesus' name. Amen, amen.